Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Out of the Blue. It is just after 11.30am on Sunday the 28th of July. My name's Heather. I'm flying solo today because Erin is off celebrating his mum's birthday. So massive shout out to Erin's mum. Happy birthday. It is a significant one. Not going to say which one. So you're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR 855 AM. You could also be listening online, streaming, digital radio. There are so many ways to listen to us. There's no excuse not to. First off, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land from which 3CR is broadcasting and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. The weather today in Melbourne is looking to be partly cloudy. Light winds expecting west to northwesterly, top of about 15 degrees with a 5% chance of rain. It's not too late to the old It's not too late. It's not too late to donate to 3CR Radiothon 94198377 or check our website 3cr.org.au I'm Philippe Cousteau from Earth Echo International, and you're listening to Out of the Blue, 855 AM, 3CR's Marine and Ocean News Program. Well, as that announcement just said, if you have not donated to 3CR Radiothon this year, it is not too late. You can still give the station a call during business hours on 94198377. Make sure you donate so you can keep amazing shows like Out of the Blue on the air for another year. Now, there is some pretty exciting news this morning. I did get a message quite early from Farm, one of our presenters, and if you have had a chance to grab a copy or look online at the Sunday Age Day, on page two and three, there is a massive article called Rising Tide of Plastic Choking Port Phillip Bay. And it does feature farm, which is really exciting. So the article, and I'm not going to go into it too much because I'm sure she's going to spend her next show telling you all about it, um, but it is looking at the the figures of plastic. So they've gone out and they've done surveys and they're looking at an estimated 1.4 billion pieces of rubbish are flowing in from the Yarra and the Maribyrnong rivers every year. But one of the positives is that there's been a decline in plastic straws that have been noticed. So that's fantastic. We know a lot of businesses have been on board the, the saying no to straws and getting rid of their straws and moving to a paper alternative. Um, 
But it does say that there is a lot of microplastic that's still making its way out of these two major river systems in Melbourne. But as I said, I'm not going to talk about too much because I know that Farm is going to cover all her amazing research in her upcoming show. Now, it's interesting because we are almost at the end of Plastic Free July, so I'm sure a lot of our listeners out there have been doing their part. If you have, please share your stories on our uh, Facebook page so you can search for Out of the Blue Radio or send us an email out of the blue 3CR at gmail.com. So we'd love to hear about any little changes you've made this month or changes you've made from last year's Plastic Free July that you've managed to just make mainstream within your life. So there's lots of different ways that you can avoid plastic. We've told you over and over and over about them. Um, But this year, obviously, there was the exciting news about the Qantas flight that flew from Adelaide to Sydney and reduced its uh, landfill rubbish by a huge amount. And they posted on social media and it was a really good step to show that airlines can make a difference. So therefore, everybody else can too. Now, in the last, uh, I want to say about 18 months, two years, I have had a lot of friends who have jumped on a plane, gone over to the gorgeous, stunning Ningaloo Reef over in WA and have gone for a swim with whale sharks. And I actually caught up with one last night and she's only gotten back in the last week and a half, two weeks. And it's interesting hearing the different experiences between those four people. Now, the four people are all very eco-conscious, eco-friendly animal people. And I don't think they've all gone with the same operator. So there are multiple operators uh, going out from Ningaloo to give people an experience with the whale sharks. And the experiences have been a little mixed. So the story I heard last night was about they – so they told people what was going to be happening. You were going to jump in a line in the water. The whale shark would swim past and then you could follow it. And it was talking about how – we were talking about how, you know, people – say, yes, they've got all these experiences. Yes, I know how to snorkel. Yes, it's all good. I'll be fine. And then you get in the water and suddenly everyone just forgets their common sense and their courtesy. And my poor friend was hit and slapped so many times by people around her who just in their sheer excitement to see the whale sharks had completely forgotten that they were sharing the rope with somebody else and that person was being hit. But one of the questions I get a lot from friends who are going off and, you know, having an animal experience somewhere is how do you choose an operator that is going to be ethical? So how do you find someone who is going to be doing the right thing that you know they're not going to be dumping rubbish off the side of the boat when you're all distracted or they're not going to go too close to the animals? And I I mentioned this earlier on in the year. Erin and I were having a chat about my experience in Hong Kong. And I'd gone out with a dolphin watch boat and I found that everywhere the dolphins went, the boat would turn and follow them. And before I'd chosen this operator, I'd tried to ask all the right questions. I'd been on their website. They talked about how they had very little impact on the animals because it was in a large shipping channel and there were multiple other boats far larger than them who were out there and having an impact on the animals more than they were. But when I clicked on their code of conduct link, it didn't go anywhere. And when I emailed them for a copy, I never got one. But when I emailed them to book a seat on the boat, I got a response within five minutes. So I'm still yet to see the code of conduct from that company. But what I did notice on the boat was that when the boat turned to follow the dolphins, the dolphins weren't heading off 
in one direction to leave the boat. There were multiple times that they chose to swim underneath the boat and they stayed in close proximity. So my idea is if the animals didn't like the boat, they would move in the opposite direction. But to give it, so that operator I feel was probably doing best practice that's available within the region and within the country's guidelines. To give you an example of an operator that I've also come across, uh, this was in Hawaii several years ago now. Myself and a couple of friends were over there for a conference and we decided to head off to one of the other islands a couple of days before the conference to go and do some snorkeling, go swim with the manta rays and maybe go and hang out with some dolphins. And on the morning that we decided that we would find a dolphin operator, there were multiple on the island. So we decided to go from one to the next to the next and ask them a series of questions. So these questions were things like, how close did you get to the dolphins? Does the boat approach the dolphins? How many people are allowed in the water at one time? Um, How long do you spend in the area before you leave? Do you, you know, advise people not to go over and touch them? Things like that. The first operator we went to were very clear and said, we will not put you in the water with the dolphins. So we're a little taken aback by this. We're like, okay, so let's ask the question, why? Why is this operator choosing not to put people in the water? And as the lovely young lady explained, that the dolphins that were closer to shore were there to rest. They didn't want to be disturbed by humans jumping in, trying to get that perfect Instagram photo of them with a dolphin. So we walked away and we're like, you know what, that makes sense. If the dolphins have come into the shallows to rest, they need a break. They don't want to be bombarded by noisy humans with their arms and legs going everywhere trying to get photos. We know that dolphins are meant to be, you know, this lovable, cute character like Flipper who wants to come over and interact and for some unknown reason wants to give humans rides. But this operator was like, no, nah, you know what, you can go with somebody else if you want to do that. But we're not doing that because that's against our ethics. So we walked on to the next operator. Again, another young girl selling these uh, dolphin experiences. And we said to her, okay, so tell us about how you operate. How does your, you know, we asked all the same questions. How many people on your boat? How p- close does your boat get? Do you get to go in, with the water, in the water with the dolphins? And instantly she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely get in the water with the dolphins. We'll get you as close as we can. You'll spend like an hour swimming with them and there's babies at the moment so you can swim with mum and the babies and it's amazing. And the three of us just stood there. It was such a stark contrast to what this other operator had just told us. So we asked a few more questions and we said, okay, so, you know, does the boat follow the dolphins so that we get more time with them? Yeah, yeah, no, you know, the boat will follow them and if the dolphins swim away, that's okay, we'll go and find some more and you can jump in with them and, again, you can swim with the mums and the babies. Really, really pushing this swim with mums and babies. And we walked away and we had brunch and there are a few other operators but during brunch we just we sat down and we analysed what we've been told from these two completely different businesses. One no, we won't put you in the water. The dolphins will stress. The other one, yeah, we'll chuck you in as many times as you want. Swim with the babies. And it became really, really clear which operator we were going to go with. Definitely went with the ones where we couldn't go in the water with the dolphins. Even though swimming with the dolphin would have been amazing, ethically it just didn't 
sit right? So these are the sorts of questions that I always ask if I'm going out to, you know, some amazing animal experience. This is what you want to know. You want to know, are they doing the right thing? Are they not doing the right thing? Why aren't they doing the right thing? Who is going to be policing their activities? And this comes back to the whale sharks because my friends had very different experiences. One of them got to spend a huge amount of time with the whale sharks. They got in multiple times. Her photos are absolutely stunning. Lots of time with with whale sharks. The other friend only got in the water once or twice. The whale sharks were moving quite fast and the boat didn't follow them. Two different operators, two different methods of getting people into the water and getting their experience. So we would love to hear from you out there. If you've been on one of these animal experiences, you know, what what did you find? Did you find that the operators were doing the right thing? Did you do any research beforehand? If you went with somebody who wasn't as ethical as you were expecting, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. That just means that you didn't know what you were getting yourself into. I am very open with the fact that in my early days of travel, I went to Tiger Temple in Thailand thinking, how could the monks possibly be drugging them? It would be too expensive. These tigers are just gorgeous and love them. I know, incredibly naive. I've also ridden on the back of an elephant. And at the time, everyone else was doing it. The mahouts that were looking after the elephants were telling us it was fine. And so I went along with that. And these days I look at those experiences and go, yes, they were great experiences, But what was the experience like for the animal? Did the animal need me to be interacting with it in that way? Okay, we're going to go to a short song. So today we're going to be listening to Part-Time Believer by Boy and Bear. Wondering how you pay your donation to the 3CR Radiothon? Well, you can do so online at www.3cr.org.au or call us with your credit card details on 03-9419-8377. You can also come into the station at 21 Smith Street Fitzroy during office hours and pay by cash, cheque or FPOS. Or simply post your cheque or money order to P.O. Box 1277 Collingwood 3066 and be sure to tell us which program you'd like your donation to go to. So welcome back to Out of the Blue on 3CR 855 AM. Now, I don't know if anyone out there is a little bit like me at the moment, but I have a few friends in Europe and I tell you what, those photos of the gorgeous weather is looking pretty amazing and make me feel pretty miserable that I'm stuck here in cold, rainy, 15 degrees Melbourne. Now, I know I shouldn't complain. It hasn't been that cold a winter. 
Um, but the sun in Europe just looks amazing at the moment. But I think what the photos are failing to capture is that Europe is having a crazy heat wave at the moment. Absolutely crazy. So they were predicting the other day that parts of the UK were expected to get to 40 degrees Celsius. Now, I know we make fun of the Poms and they're whinging about how hot it gets when it gets to about 27 degrees. But 40 degrees for them, when the average temperature in July should be 23 degrees, is absolutely ridiculous. Now, for anyone out there who still thinks that climate change is not real, maybe take a look at what's happening there. This week, over 1.5 million people have said that they will help storm Area 51 in America and go and find themselves some aliens. Now, what if those 1.5 million people instead stormed their governments and said, we have a major problem. The planet is not coping. It is increasing in temperature and it's having a major effect on ecosystems around the world. Well, Greenpeace, along with the City of Melbourne, have to have announced that the City of Melbourne has now declared a climate change emergency. So there are 29 Australian councils that have taken this first step by declaring that there is an emergency. Now, the first of the Australian councils to do this was Darabin Council, which is out uh, in the suburbs of Victoria. It's actually where La Trobe University is, where I taught for many years. Um, They were the first ones to take this leap in 2016. And what these councils are declaring is a state of emergency, saying that climate change is a problem and we need to address this immediately. Things like changing light bulbs to be more energy efficient, turning off lights when you're not in a room, we're too late for that. Those changes needed to happen years ago. We need big business to jump on board. We need governments to jump on board and look at more sustainable options for the future. So for anyone who joined us for our amazing Radiothon movie screening of 2040, you would have seen in that there are so many things that we could already take on board today, which aren't radical and require extra technology, things that are available today that could change our future. One of the things you can do is jump on board the Greenpeace website and you'll see that you can actually download a letter that you can sign, an open letter, to the Australian councils and governments to say, you know what, we want to declare a climate change emergency. So of the 29 councils so far, there are a few massive councils. So City of Melbourne, huge council, Adelaide Hills, Australian Capital Territory, the ACT, has declared a climate change emergency. Now, my brother used to live in Canberra and always joked that climate change wouldn't be a bad thing because Canberra might actually get a beach with rising sea level. Now, as hilarious as that is, if that was ever to happen, we are so completely doomed. Um, Some of the other ones, Hobart City Council, the entire Hobart region has said, you know what, climate change emergency, there is something seriously wrong going on here. We've got Newcastle, we've got Sydney City Council, we've got Wagga Wagga, we've got Yarra City Council. These councils have come out and said there is a problem. Now they represent, these 29 councils, represent approximately 2.7 million people in Australia. Our population is far larger than that. As I said, 1.5 million people have declared they will go and storm Area 51. 
surely we can get more than 2.7 million people in Australia declaring that we have a major problem and need to do something about it. So write to your local council. Get your kids involved. They're the ones who are going to have to deal with this mess in the decades to come. I remember when I was little, in grade five, I had a fantastic teacher, Mr Gill, and he was all about empowering us and getting us to do something about our future. And I remember that every single person in our class, it was a fantastic writing exercise, um, we all wrote a letter to the French president, Jacques Chirac, and we told him that we didn't want him testing bombs at Mural Atoll in the Pacific. Now, he never wrote back to us. I totally get that. He was probably far too busy. Honestly, don't even know if those letters got sent. It was a great writing exercise. We learned how to address an envelope correctly, where to put the stamp, where to put the postcode and all that. But you know what? I've never forgotten that experience. If you are unhappy with something, you can definitely write to somebody and tell them that. Now, that was writing an actual letter on actual lined paper with a stamp I don't even know how much it costs to send that letter to France. There were a lot of them. I'm assuming we post-packed them. But these days it's so much easier. There's no excuse. You can jump on multiple websites. You can email directly to your local council members and say to them, you know what, you are representing me and this is what I want to hear. I want to hear that you are going to be making a change and you are going to be making it better for not only the people in your electorate but also the people of Australia and the people of the world because we really do only have one planet. I know that in 2024 that we're going to be going out and trying to explore the moon again and that's great and that we are looking at colonizing Mars but I've said multiple times before if we don't learn from the lessons of all the mistakes that we've made on earth then we're bound to repeat those same errors when we get to the moon or when we get to Mars And hopefully we're not just looking at solutions by taking our rubbish and shooting them out into space because I think there's already enough space junk out there that we should really be looking at bringing some of that back and maybe recycling it before we head back out into space. So that's it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining us on Out of the Blue today. As I said, if you've been going really well with Plastic Free July or you know what, if you've been struggling a lot with Plastic Free July, we want to hear about it. Jump on our Facebook page, search for Out of the Blue Radio and share your stories with us because this is a community. We can learn from each other. And I know we have some pretty inspiring listeners out there who have some really unique ways of reducing their plastic and it doesn't have to cost the earth. You can also listen to the show again later on if you would like. So we are podcasting, have been for the last few years. So jump on 3cr.org.au. Uh, sorry, 3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue and you will be able to find our podcast. You can also find us on iTunes as well. So get on there, listen back to some of our past shows. There are some amazing, amazing shows on there and we'd love to hear from you either on Facebook or by email. So go out, enjoy your Sunday and coming up next is Sally with Out of the Pan. We'll see you next week.
花とネオンの産業大人の女と子供の男透明な音と汚れた音大人の男と子供の女溢れる魚とネオンの産業大人の女と子供の男透明な音と汚れた音大人の男と子供の女 You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.